program created by Rio Grande. San Joaquin Sheriff's Office calling all cars. Attention all San Joaquin County Sheriff's cars. Broadcast 184 regarding a murder in Stockton. Play the details later. That's all. Telling you the success story of police car performance with Rio Grande Crash Gasoline, the police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and emergency equipment of your cities and counties are proving my feat. Every minute, Rio Grande Crash Gasoline is powering some fire engines, thundering through city streets at top speed. Ambulances creeping their way to the side of injured citizens. Police cars doggedly cruising in your district, ready to leap into shining, flashing speed that you or your neighbor may have the protection and security to which you are entitled. Rio Grande is pardonably proud of this small contribution to your peace and safety and of the acknowledgement by law enforcement departments of your city and county government that Rio Grande's cracked gasoline is the finest gasoline obtainable for police, fire, and emergency equipment. That's why Oakland, Berkeley, Fresno, Marysville, Bakersfield, Los Angeles, Pasadena, Arcadia, Monterey Park, Linwood, Colton, Bendora, Santa Barbara, San Diego, Phoenix, Glendale, Buckeye, Mesa, Las Vegas, Santa Barbara County, San Diego County, Coconina County, Maricopa County, Orange County, and many, many other cities and counties have specified Rio Grande Crash gasoline to power all their police, fire, and emergency equipment. We believe that you will agree that this is the strongest testimony, the most conclusive proof of gasoline superiority that has ever been presented to you. Why not follow the lead of those who know most about gasoline? Get Rio Grande Crash. This quicker starting, faster accelerating, longer mileage gasoline will give you a new conception of performance. Get police car performance with Rio Grande Crash gasoline at your independent Rio Grande dealers tomorrow. Our pleasure and privilege this evening to present to you a man whose work resulted in the solution of tonight's case. Deputy Sheriff Rudy Weber of Stockton, speaking from San Francisco. This program is a tribute to those men who swear on their word of honor to uphold the law and who, at the daily risk of their lives, do uphold the law. Whether these men are the common garden variety of the much-abused flatfoot or harness bulls, the man who directs traffic on your city streets, the mild-mannered county sheriff, the detective who relentlessly pursues his quarry, the much-publicized G-man, or the little-known railroad special officer called a cinder dick, they are all working toward the same common end, the enforcement of the law so that you and I and the other fellow can enjoy a reasonably amount of security and peace of mind. To these brave men, let us give all the credit due the protectors of our homes. On 
the night of September 7, 1935, Rodney Gordon, a patrolman for the Western Pacific Railroad, bade his wife goodbye and drove to the railroad yard one mile south of Stockton, from which long trains of cars loaded with fruits and vegetables were moving like groaning leviathans toward the east. How's the night going? We're in the Bazaar. We couldn't handle it. Lots of fruit loaded today, huh? Aye, and lots of vegetables, too. Those Easterners must be awfully hungry. I like to see stuff moving this way. It means things are getting better. Well, there we are. Carl Rodens were up 50 percent last month. And how's that? Seen him around tonight? Well, he's out checking up in that jungle beyond the south end of the yard. I wish we could clear that dump out. Just a minute. I guess there's nothing we can do about it, though. Certainly not. Well, I'll move on over that way and have a look at things. Hey, you better be careful. Some pretty tough looking lads doing this. I know, but we got some fine loads spotted on those sacks. We gotta keep an eye on the stuff. Hey, come back here, sit. What's the idea of all of carrying the whole set loose like that, huh? Oh, I haven't needed that done in years. <laughs> I just carry it around when I'm in the yard, and when I come in, I always take it out and lay it around somewhere. One day you're gonna need that gun quick, and you'll not be able to get it out to the holster. <laughs> no, Dunk, you're too suspicious. The days of gun fighting are over. Yeah, maybe so, but personally, well, I'd rather have a gun I could use. I'll use my billy if I have to, but I don't want to shoot a man. But those hobos doing the jungle didn't feel that way, huh? Maybe not. Anyway, I can handle it. <laughs> I have it your way. I'll check in later. So long. Hey, you, get away from there. Who says so? What'd you say? You hit me, Copper. I said, who says so? I say so, you bum. Go on, get going, get out of the yard. Think you can put me out? Now, come on, it's about time I stopped arguing and run you in. That was you, then. Here, give me that knife, I'll... You don't know what to do. I like that. Well, never saw that particular one, sir. Well, let's take it along with it. 
Might as well let the ambulance boys take care of things here. Poor old Rod. Looks like he didn't have a chance. I looks at me. Wonder where his gun is. I don't see it in his pocket. Well, the Camille has carried it in his hip pocket. I was dragging him aboard this evening when he checked in at the yard office. Oh, here it is. I found it over here in the other track. Must have fallen out of his pocket when he fell. Looks like he never had a chance to pull it, sir. Evidently didn't. Guess he dropped it when he fell. He still had his billy in his pocket, sir. Probably didn't expect trouble when he stopped the bomb. Hey, Mr. River, who's here? Here's a car. I found back here under the car. Well, that's fine. That may prove valuable in tracking down the murderer if it happened to be his. I'll take it down to the sheriff's office and see what we can find out. Find out about that balloon and cab, Rudy. Our criminologist reported that according to the beard hairs found in a razor in the balloon, it belonged to a French Guinean or Cuban Negro. He think his command would be between 30 and 40. Hmm. That's an accurate description. Well, it's as near as you can get with light, short beard hairs, Jim. Yeah, I know. I'm not complaining. I'm anxious to get some lead on this case. So far, nothing's given us the slightest clue. To find anything else in the balloon, we found a pair of dark blue pants. We figured the man who wore them was about 5'5 five, five or 5'6. Five, we picked up a third bag down with a south fence this morning. Had a lot of junk in it, but nothing we could use as identification. I sent for old Jeff this morning. He ought to be here pretty soon. Who's he? An old darky who lives down by the tracks below the yard. The boys have been keeping him going for years. There's little things to get him. Do you think he'll know anything about this? If he does, he'll tell us. That little tin stack of his houses as honest a man as you'll find in town. I'll soon find out about that. What I want to do is get a definite lead to work on, then I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> oh, that's probably just now. Come in. You all send for me, Mr. Webb? Yes, yes. Come on in. Close the door. Yes. Yes, this is Mr. Jim Fulton. He's a special yes. agent for the Western Pacific. I don't know. We want to ask you some questions, Jess. Yes, sir. I've heard of you, Mr. Fulton. Mr. Weber tells me you're honest, Jess. I is that, Mr. Fulton. Yes. Well, I want to know what you know about the killing of Officer Gordon. Not a thing, sir. I don't know a thing. I wish I did, sir. Yes, have you seen anybody hanging around the yards who would be capable of such a brutal killing as this one? Mr. Weber, I recollect I seen two men yesterday that might have done a thing like that. One of them was a black boy, and one of them was a Mexican boy. I don't think the Mexican boy would have done it, though. He, he looked scared to me. Looked like he was afraid of that black boy. Yes, did you ever see this balloon before? Oh, yeah, sir. That's the same bed and roll that black boy was carrying. I, I remember them stress and the rubber handle on it, yes, sir. All the jungle boys know that balloon. What kind of hat did he have on? Oh, he didn't wear no hat, Mr. Webb. He had on a cap. Is this the cap? I believe it is, Mr. Webber. I believe that's the one. You ever see these two men before? Yeah, I see them once, once this week. Yeah, they were going past my place on toward the jungle. But I've talked to the colored boy off and on during the past seven years. You think they lived in the jungle, Jess? Oh, yeah. What did this black boy look like? Yeah, I'd say he was about uh, 30, 35 years. Must weigh around 150 pounds. He was a big husky boy, too. Uh, had a big chest and big shoulders. He was a powerful man. Have you any idea what he's called? Here's to me like uh, here's the Mexican boy called him uh, West Coast. West Coast? That's a funny name. Oh, yes, sir. West Coast, so that's what it was. Did this man have any whiskers? Uh, seems to me like he did. 
Yeah, sir, I believe he had a little fuzz on his upper lip, yeah. It seemed like he had a little goat beard, too, sir. Well, Jess, I think you've given us something to work on. Thanks. Foley, we'll round up the bumps in that jungle and see what we can find out. Okay. A strike net was thrown around the vicinity of Stockton and every jungle comb. Scores of agents and itinerant soldiers were picked up in question. The news of the murder of Patrolman Gordon had been broadcast in excitement with a fever heat. Then, one day in early November, Deputy Sheriff Weber is questioned a jungle habitual. You ever seen this cap before? Yeah, sir. I've seen it lots of times. Where'd you see it last? Well, boss, I, I can't say exactly. It's been most a month since I see that cap. Was anybody wearing it when you saw it last? Yeah, sir. I believe West Coast had that cap on when I seen it the last time. You know West Coast? Yes. No, sir. I don't know him. No, sir. At least I, I don't know him well. I, I see him lots of times, though. Him and his... his that boy, that, that Mexican boy. You know his name? You all mean the Mexican boy? But yes, sir. We call him Chief. No, no. I mean West Coast. Oh, no, sir. I, I don't know his name. No, sir. Can you describe him? Well, boss, he had a sort of uh, a funny-looking beard. And I recommember that he was always chopping and that now for his teeth. Did he always carry a knife? Yeah, sir. He had a knife that long. And he was always chopping in it, too. Did you ever see this balloon before? Indeed, I have. I've seen it lots of times. That belongs to West Coast. I, I see them carrying it the day before Officer Golden was killed. Oh, he's a bad man, mister. Yeah, I agree with you. You say he had a long knife. Anything peculiar about that knife? Well, sir. It was a long knot made out of a file, I reckon. It's it got a, a funny turn back point. Oh, he was always shopping on that rock there on the balloon. This West Coast, did he drink much? He, he drunk a lot to keep wine, and, and he smoked marijuana, too. Really? Yeah. Well, have them with it, will you, please? Uh, we'll see him in a minute. Now, look here, fellow. We aren't after you for anything. We aren't even going to put you in jail or do anything to you. But we want to know all you know about this West Coast mug. Now, uh, have you ever heard his real name? Well, let's see now. What was the boss? Uh, I'll recollect uh, I've done heard his name once now. Let's see now. Oh, what? come on, man. Think. What's his name? Well, boss, uh, I don't know whether it's his front name or, or his back name, but it seems to me like it's Floyd or, or, or Lloyd or, or something like that. I hear them say once that he's been arrested for knife and a hard meeting and down near the depot in Fresno. That's all I know about him, so that's me. That's enough. We'll find him. Oh, Jim, yeah. hop in your car and take a run down to Fresno and see what you can pick up on him. I'm glad to there now. Oh, and send those kids in when you go out, will you? Okay. I'll see what they have to say. All right, boy, you can go now. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Thanks. You, Mr. Weber? Yes, come in, boys. Mr. Foley says you have some information for us. Well, yes, sir, we have it. may not be much good, but we thought it might help. We'll decide that. I'll tell you. Well, sir, uh, Bill and me, he's Bill, sir. Hiya. Yeah. Well, Bill and, and I, yeah. uh, was discharged in a CCC camp up in the mountains about the first part of September, see? We decided to go down and visit a man of mine who lives at Mojay's. Mojave. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were sick like him, but we didn't seem to be getting along so fast, so uh, we decided to hop a freight and save our money. 
He was walking along down by the tracks on the south side of the yard, and we seen a light over in the jungle, I think you call it. So we went over, so we thought maybe we could sleep there, but when we got there, we heard a man say, There's a lousy thin stick around here that's been causing me trouble. He's going to get this knife between his ribs the next time I see them. Uh-huh, my friend. You cut him with your knife, I cut him with my razor. <laughs> sure, kid. You string along with me and we'll go places. What places, for instance? Well, me? I'm going east. I'm getting tired of the sunshine and heat. I'm going with a real fall weather in September. Me? I prefer the sunshine. Pedro. Huh? Throw more wood on the fire. Ah, uh, on you, sir. That Pedro's a lazy dog. Let's get him in a trap game. We'll use my dice, and if they don't like it, we'll cut his throat. Better we save that for the cinder bitch, no? <laughs> That's a fine idea, Chief. As a matter of fact, it's a swell idea. I think I'll go do it now. Not now, my friend. We smoke a few more uh, cigarettes, yes? Yeah. Give me another marijuana. Boy, that makes you feel good. Say, Chief. I want to get started, so I'll take my balloon and get going. There's a freight leaving here about 4 o'clock, and I want to be on that freight. So we got scared and beat it. We hid in a culvert till the jungle quieted down, and then we got a freight for Fresno. When we heard about the murder, we thought maybe we'd better come back and see what was planned. Well, I'm glad you did, boys. It doesn't give us much definite information, but at least we know the kind of man we have to deal with. Mm. Tell me, uh, have you ever seen this bundle before? Uh, yes, sir. That's the bundle of man with the knife was sitting on. Did you ever see this cap? Well, yes, that was on the Negro's head. Would you recognize this man if you saw him again? Yes, sir, I would. I'd know him anyway. All right, thanks. As soon as Foley gets back, I want you to help us identify any pictures she gets. We'll find that bird yet, and when we do... Through the checking of records in Fresno by Deputy Rudy Weber and Foley, it was found that the true name of West Coast was Floyd A. Dale, a dangerous criminal with records in half a dozen states and many cities in California as well as a prison record in the United States Army. Circulars were now broadcast throughout the country, giving details of the murder of Officer Gordon. The weeks rolled into months as the search went relentlessly on. Then, one dreary day in January in Niles, Ohio, O.W. Deuceman, a special officer for the Pennsylvania Railroad, is walking along the freight yard when he sees a man... Hey, you! You walk over that car! I've seen that phone before. Hey, wait a minute, you. Haven't I seen you around this yard before? Maybe you have, and maybe you ain't. Oh, smart guy, huh? What's your name? Smith. You sure it's not Dale? It's Smith. Okay, come on. We'll go down to the hoot, John, and find out. Did you Smith? Yeah. It's the man you arrested yesterday? Yes, Your Honor, I picked him up in the Pensy Yard. And it doesn't look like the same man I booked last night. No, I found this razor blade in his cell this morning. He shaved off his whiskers with it. And right, Smith? That's right. What's the charge? This man's wanted by California officers for murder. Can you prove that? Why, yes. Uh, no, I can't prove it, but I'm sure he's a man. Where'd you get your information? From a circular sent out from Stockton, California. Well, where is it? Well, right here in my pocket. Uh, doesn't look like the same man to me. Well, that's because his hair is cut differently and his beard's gone. Did you print him? Yes, sir. We've mailed the fingerprints to California officers. Let me this your picture. No, sir. Where were you on September the 8th, 1935? I was in Miami, Florida. Well, I can prove it. I'm not convinced this man is Floyd Dale. I've seen no reason for holding him to California officers. Let me find you guilty of vagrancy, find the minimum fine of $5. Pay the question. Boy, 
He was beating me over the head with a gun, and I killed him. And knocked him in self-defense. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I ask you, was there ever a more pitiful defense or a more bald-faced lie? There lies the body of Rodney Gordon. Twenty-nine stab wounds in that body. His gun in his holster and ten feet from the slain man. His flashlight lying beside him. His belly, the only other weapon he ever carried, still in his pocket. Not one single evidence of even resistance on the part of this fine officer. And yet this man sits there and asks you to believe, asks this court to believe, that he brutally hacked and stabbed Rodney Gordon to death in self-defense. Moreover, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, bear in mind that Rodney Gordon was an officer of the law in execution of his lawful duty. This man had no right to resistance to such an officer. His act is one of cold-blooded, premeditated, bestial ferocity. His act was cold, calculated murder. You can in justice return no other verdict than guilty. God, we beseech thee to have mercy on the soul of this man and to Never take him. Never mind that. Come on, buckle on that strap. Don't you believe in God, my son? No, I don't believe in no God. A man can only die once. I ain't afraid. October 16, 1936, Floyd Dale, alias West Coast, from the gallows of Folsom Prison, made a very small down payment for his crime. The June issue of Calling All Cars News is out. Walter Winchell, America's one-man newspaper, gives a personal interview to Calling All Cars News, about which he told us, quote, it is one of the best ever written on me. You'll read two splendid detective stories. The Bamboo Snake and the Perfume Cigarette Lighter. Both doubly interesting because, like all Calling All Cards broadcasts, they're absolutely authentic. And, of course, the regular sparkling radio and motion picture news and pictures. In every issue, the current motion pictures are rated. Here's an unprejudiced guide to your motion picture attendance. It will save you time and money. Tomorrow, stop in at your independent Rio Grande dealers for your free copy of Calling All Cards News and for your Rio Grande cracked gasoline. Be sure you get Sinclair motor oil for this summer's driving. For unlike many oils you buy, they are de-waxed, de-jellied, and cannot break down in the most intense summer heat. That's just one of the reasons why, in spite of hundreds of brands of oil, that one out of every nine and a half gallons sold in the United States is Sinclair oil. So don't forget tomorrow, Rio Grande cracked gasoline... Sinclair Motor Oils, and you're calling all cars news at your neighborhood independent Rio Grande dealer.
San Joaquin County Sheriff's Office calling all cars, attention all cars. Cancellation broadcast 184 regarding a murder in Stockton. Suspect is now in custody. That's all. Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for Rio Grande.